expect it to do great things in our individual lives this morning. We're praying, God, for your Holy Spirit to speak. God, I pray that I'd be open to the mind of the Lord and to the words of the Lord as I share today. Amen. You may be seated. I get such a charge out of watching little children. They're so spontaneous. And they always seem to bring a smile across the face of us as mature adults. Now, these are some prayers from little children. Let me read a couple of them to you. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but I prayed for a puppy. Dear God, it rained for our whole vacation, and is my father mad? He said some things about you that people are not supposed to say, but I hope you will not hurt him anyway, your friend. In brackets, but I'm not going to tell you who I am. Dear God, please pray, or please send me a pony. I've never asked for anything before. You can look it up. Bruce, dear God, if you give me a genie like Adeline, Aladdin, I will give you anything you want except my money or my chest set, Rachel. Dear God, we read that Thomas Edison made light, but in Sunday school they said you did. So I bet he stole your idea. Sincerely, Donna. Dear God, why is Sunday school on Sunday? I thought it was supposed to be our day of rest. <laughs> our day of rest. So this sermon this morning is all about doing, all about doing. In fact, this whole series is just, just obey, just here. The first sermon that I preached in this series was just here. Secondly, was just listen. Then it was just connect, just serve. Last Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday, just perfect praise. And so my challenge to our congregation through this Just Factor series was just obey his word and watch what develops. Watch the explosion. Watch the transformation. What I'm saying is throw out human understanding. Yes, that's what we have to do from time to time. Just throw human understanding to the wind. Am I saying don't try to figure it all out first? Yes. Am I saying set aside all the fleshly excuses? Yes. What if we just obeyed God's word? What if we just read it and said, I will not debate it. I will not question it. I will not be filled with doubt. I'm just going to do his word. Now, I want you to know that, that flesh and spirit are not traveling companions. They never have. They never will. Flesh and spirit do not think the same way. Flesh and spirit are opposites. And flesh will always battle with spirit. And I pray these next weeks and last weeks that spirit will win out. That we'll just obey what the word of God says and do his word. And if we'll just do that, I believe that we will live in miracle territory every day. Miracle territory, because we're obeying God's word, we're slaying the flesh, we're getting rid of the excuses, and we're just obeying. Now, this morning, we're talking about just pray. In theory, we say, yes, I believe in prayer. And we all would say that we believe that it's powerful. But what about impersonal practice? And what about impersonal experience? Do you, this morning, have a personal testimony about the power of prayer? Oh, we preach about praying, we talk about praying, we teach about praying, we read about praying, we even pray about praying. 
But do we actually pray? Prayer is an action word. Sometimes you hear the word prayer and you groan. Sometimes we hear the word prayer and we say, oh, boring. Prayer is an action word. Prayer is not something that's legalistic. Prayer is not something that church says it's something you must do. Prayer is a privilege and prayer is an action word. And prayer is powerful and mighty. Just pray. We've often seen the words, don't, or heard the words, don't try this at home. Maybe we've been watching television and they're doing something that's risky and scary, and they look into the camera, don't try this at home. I'm encouraging you with prayer, do try it at home. Do try it at home. We've often seen products that are advertised on television and it looks so perfect. And they say, you get this at home. And it works. And so we buy the product. We take it home and it never works the way they show it on television. Many years ago, there was a product out called DD7. And so I thought, I'm going to order this product. And if you know, uh, remember back to that product, then you're aging yourself like I am. And so I bought this product and I had some blue jeans, some new blue jeans. And I got an ink mark on it. I'm going to try DD7 on my Jeans. And so I scrubbed right here in my knee, scrubbed with that DD7. That worked all right, but my jeans were no longer blue on the knee, but white. And there was a big white spot. So I sent it back. I want my seven bucks back, whatever it costs. Well, DD7, a perfect number, a biblical number. I thought it would work. Sent it back. Doesn't work. Took all the ink and everything, I took the stain, or made a stain and made it white. But I want you to know that this is better. Prayer is better tried at home. And when you watch it and hear about it, prayer is better when it's exercised in your own life. Prayer is better when you get it working in your everyday life. Prayer is better than watching it on television. Doing prayer is better than watching somebody else pray or hearing someone else pray. Just pray whenever and wherever. Now, James chapter 5 and verses 13 to 14, in those two verses, James raises two posters, placards, you could put it that way. The first one he raises up is the trouble poster or placard. Secondly, he raises up the sickness placard. So there's trouble that we face and deal with outwardly, and there's sickness in body that we all will experience and have experienced inwardly. Trouble that we deal with on the outside, sickness we deal with on the inside. Aren't these two of the biggest issues that you and I face in life? Aren't these the greatest challenges in life? Aren't these the two that we do our very, very best to avoid? We don't want sickness in body. We don't want troubles that come our way and, and bother us and stir us up and make us upset and filled with anxiety. We don't want those things. Who wants trouble? Who wants sickness? But James says this by way of encouragement. Expect it. He says the two are guaranteed in life. You never outrun them. And you'll never live your life without experiencing them. James 2 verse 2 says, whenever you face trials. Doesn't say if ever you face trials, but whenever. And so you will face trouble and you will face sickness. But look what he says 
He goes on to say in James chapter 5 and verse 13, he should pray. This is the first thing that we should do. When sickness comes and when troubles come, he should pray. Yes, before he even calls the elders of the church. Yes, before he even calls the number that's across the TV screen as we read it. We need to pray ourselves. I really believe that we better not be calling for others to pray for us if we're not first willing to pray for our own needs. It's so easy and almost like a spiritual cop-out to lean upon someone else, us do nothing, and say, somebody else pray for my need. Somebody else pray for my troubles. But not pray ourselves. The first thing we ought to do is pray for our needs. It's great to have someone else pray for you, and the Bible tells us we should be doing that. But first of all, you get down upon your knees. First of all, you begin to call upon God and say, God, here's my need. I will gather the saints around me. I'll get on the phone and share it with others. But first of all, I'm going to cry out to God. First of all, I'm going to pray. First of all, I'm going to believe for marvelous things. You see, God wants you to just pray. God wants you to wrap yourself around the very promises of God. God wants you to call upon him. God wants you to pray for your miracle. And so first, we have the promise of trouble and we have the promise of sickness in body. They're a sure thing. And then secondly, in verse 15, we have the promise of prayer. The promise of prayer is this. Prayer really works. Let me read to you verse 15 again. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. God will raise him up. That's a powerful promise of God. But man gets in there and we read the scripture and we find ourselves saying, ho, 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 hold it. This is where humans, where we are at our best. We read that scripture and then we start to debate. We begin to question. We begin to analyze. We begin to look at those who are praying and still going through the battles. We begin to look at those who have prayed for physical healing and they die. Our mature brains kick in and we and doubt begins to take over. Tony Campolo, many years, preached a message entitled, It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. And I want you to know that as believers in Christ, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a resurrection Sunday coming for all believers. And I want you to know the story is not over. We just need to pray. And last Sunday I talked about the little child characteristics. We need to pray with simple childlike faith. Little child will come up to you and you're, you're wrestling as an adult and you've got troubles and your little child will tug on your, your coat and say, Daddy, let's pray. Daddy, let's pray. Oh, oh, let's not pray yet. Daddy, let's pray. Simple, childlike faith. That's my encouragement. Childlike faith. What I want to try to do this morning is try and give you a balanced understanding as best I can with respect to this. Because I believe there are camps on this side, there are camps on that side. Let's get a balanced view. Now, some look at verse 15, and they say that God will make people well in his time. God will deliver in his time. And they have the life after in mind only. Life after. And that's true. 
but they don't have it. But they don't have in mind the present. They're only looking way down the road in the next life. Yeah, he'll do that, but they don't look at today. Then there's some other people that have a life here in mind. God will heal sick bodies and deliver from troubles here and now only. They don't look down the road. That's true. But they don't have in mind the life after. Let me give you some examples. My father was diagnosed with ALS in 2001. It was a shock to all of us. We knew there was something physically wrong with him, but we didn't know exactly what it was. He went through all the tests, and I was happened to be home visiting at the time when the diagnosis came in. Took my father to the doctor, and the doctor said, "You have ALS." I was the one that had to report it to the rest of my family. My dad has ALS. It was difficult for us, difficult for my father. We prayed. We prayed together. We prayed as a family. We, I anointed my father with oil on the November before the April when he passed away. I anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord and prayed and prayed and God heal his body. God raised him up. God. All the faith I could muster up. Well, can I tell you this morning that my father's healed from ALS, but he's no longer on this earth. Passed away in April 2002. He's healed. You see, God raised him up. Are his troubles over? Yes, his troubles are over. Now, remember in his weak and frail bodily condition that he would hang on to his Bible so tight. He never lost the faith. His faith never wavered. He never doubted God. He never doubted the power of prayer. But he still believed. As he struggled to breathe, he would pray. As he struggled to breathe, he would encourage me. God raised him up. God healed his body. Let me give you another illustration. I was born with asthma. Had it really bad. Doctors would come to my home. My mother would have a kettle by my bedside. I'd breathe in that hot steam. There's medication on the bathroom shelves that I had to take regularly on my 12th birthday. And I remember going to a prayer meeting, New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. For my 12th birthday, my mother gave me, mom and dad gave me a little Model T Ford. I held that, clutched that heavy, tightly in my hand as I went to this prayer meeting, and I remember being prayed for. Instantly, I was healed. I had asthma that day. Instantly, it was gone. I've never had asthma since. I was physically healed, and I'm still here on this earth, alive and breathing to the best of my knowledge. See, God raised me up. See, what I'm suggesting this morning is that we that we widen our perspective of the power of prayer. And not only see it as life itself, but see it as bigger than life itself, and see it as all-encompassing, see it as all-inclusive, see it as well. It has a beginning, but it has no end. See it as having eternal value as well as present value. See, God does heal, and God does deliver us in the here and the now, as well as. In the life after, see both ways we are winners, and both ways we're victorious. Oh, both ways God answers prayer. 
Both ways, prayer is the mightiest weapon that we have. Both ways, I can have mountain-moving faith. Oh, both ways, I can call upon God and know that He will answer. Both ways, I can submit my requests and all of my burdens to the Lord. Oh, both ways, I can lay hands upon the sick and expect a miracle. What I'm saying this morning is that we should not be limiting God. and try, so we, we try to box Him in sometimes. God, you have got to do it this way. God, you have to do it in my time and this time. Let's not box God in. Let's just trust Him. Let's just pray. Let's just have all the faith that we can muster up inside. Let's just believe. Let's just pray. Oh, James goes on to say, say it this way in James chapter 5 and verse 16. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful. It's effective. It's effective. Have you ever thumbed through the book of Acts? Just in the book of Acts alone. And notice what happens when people begin to pray. In Acts chapter 2, they gathered together. They had a prayer meeting. We're going to pray. We're going to call upon God. There's a promise coming. God has some promises. And we're going to seek God for the promise. And the Holy Spirit comes down. The Holy Spirit fills the church. And the Holy Spirit sends them out. The power of prayer. Acts chapter 3, we immediately read about Peter praying and a lame man is healed. He's raised up. Acts chapter 9 and verse 40, when Peter prayed, we read that Tabitha was raised from the dead. Acts 12 verse 5, when the church began to pray, you see Peter was in prison. And Peter being in this confined state, it says the church began to pray on his behalf. And when the church began to pray, he was delivered from prison. Acts 13 and verse 1, when the church leaders prayed, Paul and Barnabas were sent to the mission field, sent by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke, go into the mission field, go share my word. Here are the people I want you to go to. Acts 16 verse 25, when Paul and Silas prayed, the Bible says that the jail began to shake and the bars loosened up and the bars fell down and out they went. The power of prayer. Deliverance. Throughout the book of Acts, we read of Paul performing miracles of healing and deliverance. All because of prayer. Prayer has present tense power. And I just gave you some examples as well as future tense power. And we've got to see it as deep and wide, ever-encompassing. Oh, don't be nervous and afraid to pray today in case that something doesn't happen. Don't we do that? We, we pray. What if it doesn't happen? What if it does? But we're on this side of the fence. We doubt it. I'll pray, but I don't know if anything can take place. So don't be nervous and afraid to pray in case something doesn't happen. Get ready to be alarmed and astounded when something does happen because it will. So we have the promise of trouble and the promise of sickness in life. Then we have the power of prayer being explained. And now what James does here is he moves to the presence of a man. We, he gives us a human example. You see, it's okay to, to say all these things, but 
I love it when he brings in Elijah. Elijah suddenly appears on the scene. And because James knows that we all wrestle, we have these human wrestlings. He brings James or Elijah into the picture. And he says this about Elijah, the praying power man. He was the man just like us. Oh, I need to read that over and over. And you need to read it as well over and over. He was a man. He was a person. He was a human being just like us. Pinch him. He'd say, ouch. Oh, yeah, just like us. Is there anyone really like me? Is there anyone in this world just like me? My wife would say, I doubt it. My conversation with my wife yesterday about, you know, my little ways of doing things. Yeah, she's pretty unique. Is there anyone just like me? Have you ever just got down on yourself because you thought, nobody's like me? Now, God said you're supposed to be, take that in a positive way. You're unique and special. But we always kind of turn it around the other way. Nobody's like me. Well, Elijah was just like us. Now, just what was Elijah like? Don't you want to know what made Elijah tick? What was he like? Now, there are many things I'll never know, but there's a few things I do know about Elijah that I want to share with you this morning. First, I discovered that Elijah lived a different lifestyle. Just a different lifestyle. I mean, he wasn't out there in the streets parading around all the time. He would appear and he'd deliver a message from God and maybe enforce it by a miracle, and then he's gone. Unusual. A prophet of God. A leader. Can you imagine back then? Someone said, well, here's Elijah. You got a word to say. Here's a miracle. You turn around to talk to Elijah about the miracle, and he's gone. Where'd he go? I don't know. He was just here a couple of minutes ago. He never tells us when he, where he's going. He just shows up and goes. Unusual. Different lifestyle. Maybe a little unusual for a prophet of God, but so much like us, not in that way. But we have unusual ways about us. We're not typical like, like others. That's okay. Neither was Elijah. It's okay. Secondly, Elijah did some strange things. Ever done strange things? Of course you have. We've all done strange things. Many years ago, my air compressor broke and I phoned the toll-free number and they said, well, th this is a, a problem that many of them have and we'll send you the repair kit. So they send me the repair kit and then the repair kit gives me the instructions of how to fix the air compressor motor. And in these instructions that I read, the bolts that you put in, they said they're to be torqued, which means it's a measure of pressure. pressure a, a torque wrench just measures the pressure you put on a bolt. And I forget how many inch pounds, maybe there's 60 inch pounds. So I looked at that 60 inch pounds and I went to my garage and pulled down my torque wrench off the wall and it said foot pounds. I don't have an inch pound torque wrench. So I'll go back to the toll free number. Hello. And I said, I got the instructions, but it's in inch pounds and my torque wrench is in foot pounds. What do I do? She said, you divide by 12. That would be five. Hmm. Thank you very much. You have a nice day. And she said, you go back to school. No, she didn't. 
strange. We all have those old stories, don't we? We all have those things that don't make sense. And, you know, that, that's kind of neat about us. Neat. I can never understand. And so, Elijah, I, I read about him. I never understand this remarkable Mount Carmel experience. I mean, he was so bold. He was so vocal. He, uh, he taunted the opposition. And he called out to God for fire. And then we read that he's running from this lady, Jezebel. I said, that's a bit strange. Must have been some powerful lady. But he ran just after calling down the fire of God upon Mount Carmel. I'm sure he did some other strange things, different things. I read a little bit about him. There were some other things that were a little bit different. Head scratchers. Don't we all have those ways? A little bit different. Thirdly, Elijah thought the wrong things. First Kings 19, we read that Elijah had enough. Ever feel like you've had enough? I got enough and I just want to die. His mind became weary and tired. He felt like he was the only committed follower. There's nobody else around that is serving you like I'm serving you. He was depressed. He was downhearted. He felt like everybody is out to get him. We all have those days when we think wrong thoughts. We know better, but we still think wrong thoughts. Nobody likes me. Nobody cares. Nobody listens to me when I speak. No one believes me. I've got no value. We love to beat ourselves into the ground and think the wrong things. Totally destroy ourselves. Sometimes we look at our liabilities and we wonder if God can even use us and wonder if, do I even deserve to pray? I can't pray because I'm not perfect. I can't pray because I've got weaknesses. God's not going to listen to me. I'm not like others. Sure you are. You're just like Elijah. And I've shared with you a little bit about what he was like because I want you to know that when this man began to pray, Something began to happen. Post this up on your fridge somewhere. Elijah and me, we have many things in common. And after you think of all these many things in common, begin to look at the prayer life of Elijah. Imperfect Elijah. When this man Elijah dared to call upon God and ventured into praying territory, miracles and the unexplainable happened. The Bible says that he prayed, Heavens, turn off your taps. And the taps of heaven were turned off for three and a half years. And he said, okay, turn the taps on. Boy, could he move the heavens. Then the rain would begin to fall. That's praying power. From a man that was just as weak and unstable as we are, he could move the heavens in prayer. Oh, Elijah dared to call upon God in the face of unbelievers and false prophets and ask for the fire to come down to consume the offering. That's praying power from a man who also would go through a phase where he just wanted to die. He dared to pray. Elijah dared to call upon God over the death of a child and, and prayed for life to return. 1 Kings 17, verse 22, it says, The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. That is praying power. From a man that who, would, who would wrestle with wrong thoughts, 
and even question his own salvation. He dared to pray. Can I say this this morning that you don't have to be perfect to pray. You don't have to wait till you reach some level of holiness before you pray. Something happens when you pray. You don't have to look back and say, well, I've made so many fumbles and I tripped and fell back then. And I'll get those ironed out first and then I'll pray. No, what I'm saying this morning is just pray. No questions, no debates, no look at how terrible a person I am. Just pray. Call upon his name. Reach out to him. Lift up his name. Praise his name when everything's going well and call upon him when things aren't going so well and ask for healing. Pray in faith. Elijah knew how to pray earnestly, it says, fervently, intensely, with all that was within him. Let me close by saying this. The disciples said, Lord, teach us. Teach us how to pray. Why? They must have seen something in Jesus. They saw Jesus praying. They saw the miracles that happened when he prayed. They saw how close he was to God. I, I, I want to learn to pray like that. You know, the disciples, they were all over the map with emotions and trying to get their act together. Oh, that's okay. Just pray. Just pray. Prayer changes things. As a little child, I remember making little plaques. Remember the plaques that we'd see up in homes? Prayer changes things. They were up in many homes back in Nova Scotia when I grew up. I'd see them. And I'd go home as a young boy and and begin to make these plaques out of wallboard. Cut them up. They weren't too straight. And I remember prayer changes things. I got a black felt marker and I'd go around the outside like this. Try and dress it up a little bit and then give them away. Uh, it's a plaque from many years ago, but it's still, we may not see the plaques anymore, but prayer still changes everything. It's not a has-been plaque on the wall. It's living reality today. Stand with me as the worship team come. And my encouragement to you this morning has been... What if we just obeyed? What if we just obeyed his word? And didn't clutter our minds with a lot of human understanding, human doubt. What if we just prayed? I'm going to read James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16 again. And as I read it, I'm going to open up we call the altar. It's a place raised up, a place of surrender, a place of giving everything over. It's, it's a, an example of what Jesus Christ did on Mount Calvary. I want to give you an opportunity to just step out in the aisle and come to the front and let us agree with you. Bring your need to the Lord. Trust you've already been, if you're here this morning, you've got needs. Trust you've already been praying, but 
Now you're going to let someone else agree with you. Along with your prayers, you're going to bring in the prayers of others. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it's effective. As Tristan leads us in a closing song, if you'd like someone to pray with you, just step up in the aisle and make your way to the front. And I'm going to ask the prayer teams to immediately start. Make the first move to come to the front. And we're going to pray for God to do mighty things. Minus the doubt. Minus everything else. Just pray. And I'll close in prayer after we sing the song together.
I believe that you will take us from this facility this afternoon and you'll take us with two words upon our lips. God, I pray that you would we'd carry it with us throughout this week and through the rest of our lives, no matter what comes up, trouble, sickness, just pray. And there's power when we just pray. When we never forget that when we pray, things begin to happen. I thank you, God, for meeting us this morning in a very unique and special way. Give us, Lord, a tremendous week as we just begin to follow your word and be doers of your word. Amen. Have a great week. If you'd like prayer still, just feel free to come forward.